let's just say hypothetically for every dollar a male gets a woman may get 86 cents on the dollar or something like that and then for other um racial and ethnic groups it may be a little less so uh this is a goal of of bridging that gap um i think it also it it reduces the negotiation piece Are you a business leader looking for strategies and tactics to help you navigate leadership and HR challenges as you scale? Each week on While We Were Working, we bring you our 35 plus years of experience doing exactly this for companies just like yours. For more game-changing HR and leadership insights and to connect with us, check us out at whilewewereworking.com. Hey there, thanks for tuning in to this episode. And I want to introduce you to one of our partners, NordVPN. In today's fast-paced digital landscape, staying connected and secure while working remotely has become more important than ever. That's why we're excited to have NordVPN as our team VPN and the one that we recommend here on the pod. NordVPN provides state-of-the-art online security and privacy to keep your small business and personal information safe from cyber criminals. With NordVPN, you can securely access your business's sensitive data from anywhere at any time. I promise you it works at coffee shops. I do it all the time. Plus, with their strict no-logs policy, you can have peace of mind knowing that your online activity is private and untraceable. That's not all. NordVPN also offers unblocking features for streaming and accessing content from anywhere in the world. So that means if you're on travel overseas and you want to tap into the Netflix so you don't miss your uh, the latest show or something you watch, fire up NordVPN, tap into the U.S. and get your get your latest show. Uh, this is a great opportunity for business professionals to keep employees engaged and motivated by giving them the possibility to access their favorite streaming services even while traveling for work. Don't let security concerns hold you back from achieving your business goals. Try NordVPN today by clicking the link in the show notes, which helps support our show, and experience the difference for yourself. For our listeners, NordVPN is offering an exclusive discount, but you've got to click the link to find out. All right. Now that you're safe and secure, let's go ahead and get into the show. Thanks for tuning in to While We Were Working, the show that helps you become a better leader of your small business or team. I'm Joey Price, founder of Jumpstart HR and the host here at uh, While We Were Working. And as always, I'm joined with Summer Keytron, our consulting practice manager and co-host here on the show. Summer, what's going on? Hey, Joey. It's another great day. Excited to be chatting with you about this episode. We've got some exciting topics coming up ahead. And if I might share uh, uh, with our listeners, we're really excited to uh, be placing within the top 250 of management podcasts on some of the chart, which is absolutely amazing. So thank you to those that follow the show who come and hang out with us and spend part of their day uh, it's really been a joy over the past year uh, and gosh, a couple of months now. And we're really excited to continue to bring this content. And so if you enjoy our show, we'd love if you would share it with others. 
And we look forward to coming back every week with new topics and articles to talk about. So thanks a bunch. Yeah, yeah. And let's just stay there with a little bit of gratitude because this is, you know, the month of love. We love our supporters. Uh, we love those who tune in and share. We were talking with our our, our producer and uh, there are 10,000 management podcasts registered and active in the United States. So for us to be in the top 250 when we share our show, uh, it means a lot because we can't press play and listen all by ourselves. It truly is a, a team effort. So for all of those who are tuning in to our show week in or week out, downloading the podcast, sharing it with friends, chatting with your colleagues about it over over lunch or whatever the case may be, uh, we truly, truly thank you for helping us consistently rank in uh, that very special, very special place. So uh, with that being said, We'll go ahead and jump into what we do best and let's hit our topics for the week. This one, we're talking about some new California labor law and don't tune out if you're not in California because as you may know or may not know, what happens in California usually makes its way east. So you wanna pay <laughs> attention to what's trending out there. And then we have a consultant's corner where uh, someone is trying to get colleagues back to work. And I'm sure that's a topic that many of us can uh, connect and relate with. So uh, Summer, why don't you go ahead and get us started with While We Were Working and tell those who may be tuning in for the first time what While We Were Working is all about. You got it. Well, the While We Were Working segment of our show is where Joey and I take a look at various news outlets, articles, blogs, uh, pods, we try to find something happening in the news that is important for our audience to know about. And we think you might've missed it because why we know you were too busy working. So this week's topic is actually uh, speaking directly about California's new pay transparency and reporting obligations that went into effect the first of this year. And as Joey mentioned, even if you're not in California, this is really important because the way that laws generally roll out amongst the states is California tends to be leading the pack in terms of new laws. And whatever California does, well, New York tends to follow. <laughs> yeah. So once you get California and New York on board, then you know, kind of the states in between start to adopt it. So I, I wanted to talk about this today because it's really important to understand what's going on, uh, whether you are or aren't in California, and uh, then start thinking about what processes you may want to start working on. Uh, whether you are or are not legally obligated to comply. Yeah. All right, cool. So, and we're seeing this uh, this new pay transparency and reporting obligations in California, but there are other places that are currently doing pay transparency uh, for their mm -hmm. job advertisements. Maybe not to the uh, degree desired. Uh, for example, it's a running joke in New York City that, tech jobs will be advertised for base salaries of $50,000 to $500,000. So it's yeah. like, is that really um, transparent? But mm -hmm. we've got this article here and it is actually 
from a site called calmatters.org. Uh, it's a nonprofit that catches you up on everything you need to know about uh, California info. And it says, starting on January 1st, employees with at least, again, at least 15 workers will have to include pay ranges and job postings. Employees will also be able to ask for the pay range for their own position. And larger companies will have to provide more detailed pay data to California's Civil Rights Department than previously required. Summer, let me just kind of ask you from an HR perspective, why do you think a state would implement this practice? Well, it's it's pretty easy to see that this was coming. And I'm actually surprised that, uh, you know, other places beat California to doing this. But I, I'm glad that it's happening now. Ultimately, the goal is to allow the state agencies to identify wage disparities and prompt companies to implement processes such as pay bans to assess their own pay. The goal is to just close the, the pay gaps. Yeah. And it's to close pay gaps because there are uh, populations of workers who may not be able to get jobs or job offers at full uh, compensation, quote unquote, full compensation. Mm -hmm. So we historically will see things like uh, um, women's day of work where, uh, let's just say hypothetically, for every dollar a male gets, a woman may get 86 cents on the dollar or something like that. And then for other um, racial and ethnic groups, it may be a little less. So uh, this is a goal of, of bridging that gap. Um, I think it also, it, it reduces the negotiation piece in job offers, which job seekers are notoriously uh, underprepared for and uh, oftentimes can get, you know, taken advantage of because if an employer will say, well, tell me, you know, what you're looking for in your, in your next role. And if a person undersells their value for the job in question, then an employer could, in theory, say, oh, okay, well, what you're looking for is, you know, let's just say 20K less than what the pay is at our job. We'll pay you what you're looking for, and then we'll save the rest. Um, mm -hmm. So I think this, this bringing it out into the open helps bridge the gap. It helps eliminate the uh, anxiety and abuse that comes from salary negotiations. And I think it's a step in the right direction if if done well. So what other things would you want to call out about this about this uh, about this topic? Well, I think the one that comes to mind is pro a project that we do frequently with our clients, and that is helping them build, in many cases, the very first compensation plan and building a structure, a framework for them that's ever, you know, that has ever existed in company history. And so if you are a California employer, this is becoming a must with the simple reason that you are going to need to build these pay bands, not only for job posting, but for answering the inquiries of your current team members. And if you have any uh, internal equities that you're able to identify, then you know exactly where you have to start focusing your attention to to correct those. And I think it's companies who are willing to tackle that now are going to be in a better position because as this goes on, the risk for a complaint 
or having to answer to an audit, a discrepancy, like say you've got two employees who are doing a very similar job and one is within the advertised pay range and one is not and like you haven't corrected those issues, a company is going to need to present a very compelling factual story for why there is a discrepancy and that's not going to be easy to do. Yeah, not easy and probably not looked uh, kindly upon uh, for those who are, are making that, that call there. I also echo that sentiment. Um, if you're if you're small, if you're under 15 employees, you probably just still want to get in the habit and practice now of, of mm-hmm. having some paid transparency. It's just going to help you be in a rhythm for when this does become a requirement for those with 10 employees, those with five employees, and then those with, you know, one. Um, And then the other piece too is it will help you to show up competitively uh, amongst the employers that are obligated for these positions to disclose their pay rate. So I think it's a good idea to uh, make it a policy to err towards uh, pay transparency and here's what it's not saying. It's not, pay transparency is not saying that you have to disclose what every person in your organization makes. What it is saying is you have to disclose the ranges for the positions that people are making. Um, so kind of just want to address that one there. You know, people, I, I always used to get a kick out of when I was in college at a public university. Uh, the school newspaper would publish the salaries of the uh, p- the individuals who worked on this at the school because they were public uh, employees. Salaries and compensation were public record, and so I think that um, you know some startup founder is out there saying, "Oh, I don't want my my salaries to be front page news." That's not what this is saying. That's not what it's requiring. It's just saying to be accountable to the way that you make hiring decisions and salary uh, decisions. And that's just going to help you as you look to scale, grow and build and make decisions around your team. Yep. And there's one thing that came to mind I wanted to make sure that we mentioned before we move on to the next segment of the show and how this is uh, applicable to uh, a handful of companies who may not be thinking that it's applicable to them. And uh, so first I'll mention that, uh, you know, Colorado has, has been doing this for a little bit already. And, you know, their guidance was if you're hiring, if you're hiring in Colorado, then you had to follow their pay uh, transparency Uh, requirement. And a couple of companies were trying to get around it by posting remote jobs and then putting in there anywhere but Colorado. And so I think as we've kind of seen this play out, if you're going to be posting a remote job and it's uh, the possibility that you may be interviewing somebody from California, then you're going to need to have that published in there. So my recommendation just to make it easy so that you don't have to worry about uh, potentially getting tripped up with any of these laws is just adopt that practice regardless of where you are hiring. Especially if you're a multi-state employer, you don't wanna try to follow one requirement for recruiting in one state, a different requirement in other states. 
just go ahead and adopt it and you'll put yourself in the best position to manage this in the easiest way possible going forward. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great point. All right, we'll we'll switch gears here and again I want to call out our partner NordVPN. Uh, I could tell a fun story. So I, I went to Vegas, uh, did some work, had a, a retreat, um, spent some time with, with, with my wife out there. And uh, one of the things we love to do is to go to coffee shops. So we'll typically, you know, go to Google, type in best coffee shop and fill in the blank. Well, the coffee shop that we went to, it was amazing. Uh, I'll give a free plug. They're called Vesta. If you're ever in Vegas, check out Vesta. Great food, um, great coffee, but but we decided to um, we decided to work for a while, and so I had my iPad. I was checking in with our team, chatting, uh, moving things forward, and I felt pretty good about using the Wi-Fi there because I had my NordVPN turned on. So uh, because I had my NordVPN on, I felt safe that my uh, data wasn't going to be you know, sold over the dark webs or uh, passwords intercepted uh, because that's what NordVPN does is it helps keep your your data secure. So if you're like me, uh, if you like traveling and, and hitting up coffee shops or if you are hiring remote and you're worried that you may hire in Colorado or California or New York and uh, your colleague may uh, work from a coffee shop, uh, definitely think about NordVPN as your uh, as your your cyber protection of choice. Uh, so click the link in our show notes. It helps support our show, and uh, you'll get a, a great offer from them. So I don't want to spoil the surprise, but click the link. There's a really great offer there that you can take advantage of. Uh, all right, we'll we'll get back into the show. So now we want to turn our attention to Consultants Corner. And Consultants Corner is where we talk through the uh, life in the trenches of a HR consultant. Uh, it's also where we will field your questions and comments and thoughts. So if you want to reach out to us about a topic you're facing, um, hit us up at uh, hello at jumpstart-hr.com. And we'll be more than happy to add your question into an upcoming episode. All right, so this week we are talking about getting folks back to the office. Uh, we had a comment come in that said, we'd like to get our staff back into the office for a few days a week, but in a way that feels balanced. What are a few suggestions we can consider? All right, so uh, Summer, I usually give you the, the first first crack at these things. So what would you tell this company that wants to get people back in the office and do so in a way that's balanced? I think there's a lot that we don't know about the situation. So I think we'll have to give some very broad and general advice. But you know, that the fact that this question is being asked tells me that the leader is concerned with getting it right. But they also recognize that it's not going to be the easiest to navigate. And so I think the first item that I'd suggest is to solicit feedback from your team and give multiple options with parameters, because we already know that 
any sort of poll that's asking, you know, would you like to return to the office or not? We know that team members prefer working at home by and large, but I think there's a, still a middle ground that could potentially be met. And that is asking, what does that look like in best case scenario? And maybe it means option one is in the office on a designated day and then team members get to pick another, I don't know, day or two of their choice. So still giving them parameters, right? Like the, the company has decided on X and here are the different versions of what that could look like. I think doing that first, Joey, is key because we want our team members to know that their voice is heard, that their opinions matter. And quite frankly, people just simply don't like being told what to do. They like to be <laughs> asked. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I had a, um, a mentor once say, a man convinced against his will is of the same opinion still. So uh, <laughs> I, would, I would carry that thought into this conversation of, you know, making sure that you get some consensus uh, as opposed to just strong arming it. Um, yeah. You know, in in the in the last episode, we talked about the muskification of the workforce, <laughs> and uh, you don't want to go the the Elon Musk route of just uh, commanding folks to come in. You could, but it could be to your to your detriment. Um, I'll I'll tackle this from a uh, tech standpoint and say, you know, we've we've had this past like three three and a half years now of um, folks working remotely. And so we've gotten really good at collaboration when everyone's spread out. But now with uh, people being more hybrid or in person, we have to identify how our tools can allow us to be just as effective and just as productive if you have a team that may have two people in office and then one remote. So uh, a quick check of your tools and uh, software to, and processes just to see that your teams can be just as effective in office as they would be remote and vice versa. Because mm -hmm. if you have people come into the office, but there's a little bit of friction about working in close quarters, then they may say, well, I was, I was statistically and productivity, um, from a productivity standpoint, better off working at home. So you just want to make sure that you cover your bases with your tech stack to ensure that uh, your team is set up for success. Yeah, that, that's a really great point. And when I expand on some of the suggestions, you know, I, I mentioned multiple options. And I think expanded, this really means creating flexible rules when a business can can be flexible. So just some examples of many that I, I think could be considered as potentially even an alternate work schedule. Does your, you know, does your team want to consider working a 10 hour day or maybe a 980 work schedule? Or perhaps if you didn't already have flexibility around the hours that individuals could work when they were working remote, maybe that's the balance you know when we we talk about doing this in a balanced way it's like yes we are asking them to come into the office and that's likely to be met with a little bit of resistance but what can we do with everything else to maybe give a little more 
so that it feels like it's a win-win situation. Yeah, no, I love it. That's great advice. Great advice. Um, you know, this is something that we're going to be we're going to be wrestling with for quite some time. I think every organization is getting to a different level of comfort of, of returning back to the office and mm-hmm. different levels of friction about being remote. And so it's a ongoing conversation. We'll consistently cover it on our show. It won't be every every show, but it is a topic to uh, to keep in mind. <laughs> I guess the next buzzword is going to be, you know, uh, uh, quiet, quiet return to work or um, <laughs> Or the, the, the great, great return. The, the great return. There we go. You heard it first. The great, the great return for everyone who is uh, returning into the office. Um, but in all seriousness, though, um, with the climate uh, being the way that it is uh, economically, and we just talked about on our last episode uh, the fact that um, people are leaning in and maybe reconsidering, you know, job hopping and looking to stay at their employer, uh, realize that, you know, it would behoove you to make it a great experience for your team. So uh, to the degree that you can, you know, listen, get feedback and try to shape a uh, solution for hybrid and hybrid experience that works for everybody and that everyone can be accountable to. So I, I think that concludes our episode. Uh, if you liked this presentation, go ahead and uh, leave us a five-star review wherever you uh, got this from. Uh, share it with uh, members of your team. Um, surely we're tackling topics that are top of mind and are great conversation starters. Uh, and also my favorite is, uh, oh, I never thought of that. Um, so we have a, quite a few of those moments that we share on the show. So make sure you circulate it with your team. And again, thanks for uh, helping us get to a consistent 250 best top U.S. management podcasts on on Apple. So means a lot. And uh, tune into next episode because we've got something really cool that you don't want to miss. So see you, Summer, and see you all next week. Thanks, everyone. If you found this episode helpful, please share it with your friends and coworkers. And as always, you can find more info and additional resources at whilewewereworking.com. We